Welcome to episode 95 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mark. Right, let's just stop, okay? I know we're at the intro, but let's just stop because today's episode is huge for me. Absolutely huge. Anyone that's ever listened to Skip to the End or previous Mark and Me episodes knows just how much I love the 80s. I am obsessed with all 80s films. It's my favourite, favourite era of films. And to know that I'm joined by Joey Kramer from... La- oh my God, I'm going to say it out loud. From Flight the Navigator is a dream come true. It's a guest I've wanted for many, many years. And now, as I sit here now for episode 95, it's finally happened. Today, I'm joined by Joey Kramer. My God, I've wanted to say that for so, so long. I can't wait to share this interview with you. Flight the Navigator is a masterpiece. It's one of my most watched films growing up as a kid and I revisit it every year. I think it is absolutely awesome. I put it up there with The Goonies, Gremlins, Stand By Me, The Lost Boys. It's an 80s classic and I can't believe that today's episode is all about it. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Now I've been podcasting with Mark and me for over three years I'm on episode 95 and I can safely say, and I've said it to most of my friends and loved ones, this is my favourite episode that I've recorded to date. This interview gets quite heavy. If anyone's done any research, they'll know the background of Joey. He's had a really rough time. He's been in prison and we get to talk all about it. We don't kind of avoid the elephant in the room and we discuss it in detail. The conversation flows It's a really, really upbeat, positive interview, and I mean it. It's the best thing I've ever recorded, and I can't wait to share it with you. But just before we get to that moment, I'd like to touch base and talk about my previous episode, and I was joined by the director and actor, Ruben Pla, a great guy, a legend in horror, and such a huge personality. His interview I saw was received so well by you guys out there, People were saying just how much fun he was, his energy, and a guest I want back on. So I can't wait to get him back on in the future. But let's do it now. This is the moment. This is the interview. I'm not building it up to fail. This is the reason I podcast. This is my moment, and I can't wait to share it with you. Here's me and Joey Kramer talking all things flight of the navigator so joey thanks for joining me today on the mark and me podcast my pleasure thanks for having me what i want to do is take it right back to the very start back in the 80s when you were a child and when you were at school did you know at that point what you wanted to do with your life or were you just kind of getting involved in various subjects and seeing where it would take you well i actually got uh, I, I mean 
growing up, even when I was real little, five and six and, and stuff, I was raised on musicals. I was raised on uh, going to the theater and, uh, and movies and, and CBC music and all this stuff. So I always had a pretty strong artsy background from my mom. And, uh, and I always loved, like, you know, one of my favorite movies was Grease. And, and, and uh, so I loved acting out the parts. And, and even Oliver, I, I wanted to be the Artful Dodgers so bad when I was a kid. I, I just so, you know, I would sing all the songs and, and act out the parts and play them. And, uh, and then my mom worked at the theater department at the university here in Vancouver. And, um, and when I was about eight years old, uh, one of her boss was directing um, a university, you know, play of South Pacific, the old musical. So, and he needed a little boy to uh, to be one of the one of the sons of the soldier who was, you know, living in the uh, in Tunisia or wherever where, where it was based there. So, um, and so I kind of fell into acting at a really young age, but I just had a had a knack for it. I was a bit of a ham. I, I, I could memorize stuff. I could, you know, sing and, and have fun because I that's just what I did naturally. So um yeah, so I, I did this play when I was eight and 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 loved it. And then my mom uh got some, you know, some content like some people were like, you gotta get that kid into acting. And so I got an agent and started doing commercials and and um uh, and pretty much got commercials right away and then um, you know, through my younger years, eight and nine, and did some extra work and stuff. And, and then when I was 10, I got my first feature film, which was Runaway, uh, with Tom Selleck and Gene Simmons from Kiss was the bad guy and old Michael Crichton film. Yeah, I know. And, so, and that's, that's crazy that the fact that your first debut was directed by the guy that wrote Jurassic Park, you know, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I didn't quite realize the magnitude at the time, you know, he was, he was still kind of up and coming then. Right. And, uh, yeah. and, it, and it turned out to be not one of, uh, you know, his, his bigger projects. It didn't, it didn't do too well, you know, box office wise and stuff, but still I remember, you know, working with him and such an amazing kind man and, and, and great director. And I had so much fun on that. So, I mean, um, as far as, what I wanted to do in school and, and, and how it, how it came about. That's, that's kind of what happened. And, and before I knew it after, after runaway, then um, I, I went pretty much straight on to clan with the cave bear and, uh, and then um, I man, which was the TV Disney movie and uh, a murder she wrote. So it just really snowballed from there. Once I, once I had that first, uh, first part. And so from eight to, well, I guess about 13, 14, after I finished Navigator, I did one more film, Stone Fox, and and actually a CBC thing. So I was just in, in immersed in, in film and TV, and that's kind of what I, it's just what I did. I mean, it's, and, it's, a, it's a really young age to be getting involved. And, you know, when you look at other young actors like Macaulay Culkin and Corey Feldman and all these young actors that got into these classic 80s films, did you kind of understand at that age when you're on set with one of the members of the band Kiss, you know, like that must be, I suppose at that age, you're not really aware of this absolute legend, you know, like Kiss are iconic now as one of the biggest rock and roll bands of all time. Absolutely. I, I know from, for myself, I was a Kiss fan, right. Growing up. Um, yeah. And I remember thinking like, wow. And I loved Magnum PI as well. So I was like, 
wow, I'm on a movie with Magnum P.I. and Gene Simmons, you know, like I just, I was, uh, it, it was, it was like a dream come true. Now, did I really grasp the, you know, the, the magnitude of that and the, and the, the fame aspect of, of being in movies and things like that? Not really. I, um, my mom kept it really down to earth for me and I, I always, just kind of did it because I loved it and it was fun and it was an experience and and we were never we never set out to uh, to make me a star or anything like that it, it never set out to 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 make it as a career but it just kind of happened that way and uh, yeah it was it was it was fun it was it was uh, I mean I I wouldn't take it back for anything even even uh, even though it was tougher later in life it was you know adjusting to normal life and things and fitting in after being a, a child star and stuff so so when we look at like 1986 you just mentioned then obviously clan of the cave bear i man for disney and flight the navigator at this point are your family supporting you knowing that you're not going to be able to do your school you're not going to be doing your education and it's kind of a, a place where it's probably all or nothing in the acting world for you well, at, yeah, at that time, um, I mean, I did have, I still did things for school. I, you know, in those younger years, school isn't maybe quite as intense because it's still elementary school. Or, yeah. And so um, I remember having to do, you know, I would do journals and, and talking about my day on set and, and things like that, or little reports and stuff just to, I guess, you know, make sure that I was reading and writing and, and expressing and, and, and doing something as far as keeping up with schoolwork. Um, and, uh, and so my, but my mom fully supported me as long as it was something that I wanted to do, which I, which I did. And, and again, she was never a stage mom. It was never, there was never any pressure when I went to auditions or anything like that. It was, it was, uh, Hey, go and have fun. And, and, and see what happens right and instead of the there was never any stresses or anything like that so i always uh completely enjoyed myself and i think that's part of the reason why i had a success was i would come into auditions with you know skinned knees and dirty clothes from the playground uh right and and other other kids would be done up in suit and tie or whatever for you know just for example but um i just uh i did it because I loved it and it was fun and it was a great experience. So, so you said at this age you had an agent. Um, is that how some of the work came about that you got involved in obviously one of the biggest TV shows back in the 80s, Murder, She Wrote? Yes. Um, so after, yeah, I got connected with a man named Bruce Ward. He was with Act 4 Agency years ago and then 21st Century Artists. And he mostly did adult um, actors but he had a couple of kids and I was one of them and we just uh yeah we really clicked he was a great man uh super you know I mean even though I couldn't really again fathom exactly what was going on in hindsight and looking back and, and knowing he always had my best interests in mind he was always very supportive it wasn't like oh let's let's uh you know utilize this kid and make a bunch of money or whatever it was it was a real I think I was very fortunate to be involved with people who who did it for the love of the the craft and and uh and he always wanted the best for me so 
um, yeah, once things started rolling, then I just, it was nice because I was able to just completely trust him and, and he would bring me scripts and we would chat about them and what are you interested in? And then he would uh, go out and, uh, and make it happen and work the, the deal part. But I never really, I, ne- I didn't really pay attention to any of that until, you know, years later. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So let's talk, obviously, Flight and the Navigator. People will be listening to the podcast now. It's up there with the Goonies and Gremlins and Lost Boys as an 80s classic. You know, it really is an absolute masterpiece for the 80s. I absolutely loved it. I still watch it now and I don't think it looks dated. How how did this come about? I want to know about your audition and the first time you heard about it. You know, that's what I just want to get inside your head and hear about these stories. Absolutely. I mean, um, what, first off, like how how grateful and what a privilege to be part of an 80s classic like that again like I you know we didn't realize quite what what it was going to be at the time but uh there were all the you know the the CGI and the and the animation and the things that they put into that were some of the first times they did that um Jeff Kleiser who's Randall's Randall Kleiser the director's brother he did all the computer work and stuff and and so it was I mean it was amazing I remember so I I don't remember my first audition specifically, um, but I do remember the the callback and the screen test uh, where uh, they flew me down to California and I and I met with Randall and and we did the scene where I was uh, in the spaceship and I'm under underwater right and we're like I'm like does this thing leak and he's like I don't know <laughs> you leak remember Navigator and and uh, and, and I just uh, I don't know. Even then, I was just immersed in this world. I just had a had a so it was it was pretty incredible, and I loved the script. I mean, super fun. I I it it actually had a completely different ending, um, which was cool. Some people know, and some people don't. I've had some fans reach out. Oh, I've got an original script, and because there was a whole different ending that was uh, quite different. But um, but it was. Yeah, it just, I mean, fascinating and super fun for a kid to be, you know, taken by a, a spaceship and a UFO and all that. So, um, yeah, it just, uh, once once I got the part and then really started looking into the, the script and stuff, and, and I really connected with Randall right away. And um, and so we just, it, it turned out really well. I mean, it's, a big, it's, a, it's a big leading role and um, obviously from your previous work it was quite a step to then be the main focus of the whole film um, were you really scared and nervous or were you just kind of at an age where you were just ambitious and just excited to be on set and you know being let loose with this incredible craft design and all these big budgets and all the big producers and everything right well I think that uh, yeah it was pretty it was pretty amazing for my first, uh, you know, top billing uh, feature feature role because I had just been principals or, and stuff up until then. Um, I think as a kid, I didn't quite, again, didn't maybe quite grasp the the magnitude of it. I I do remember, you know, a few months into filming because I'd never really filmed anything that that long, that extensive. Yeah. I, I had smaller parts, so I wasn't away from home for nearly as long and things like that. But by then I had been on set quite a bit. I loved it. It was fun. Um, 
I mean, you get to go into these worlds. I mean, in Clan of the Cave Bear, I was dressed up in makeup for three and a half hours, but I don't remember anything bad about it. I, I loved it, even though it was, you know, you think about makeup for three and a half hours, it's, uh, you know, trying, but yeah. it was wonderful. And, and, uh, and when you're a kid, it's like, uh, all I remember was, oh, wow, there's a truck where I can get anything I want to eat in the morning and stuff, right? <laughs> Catering or, right? And, oh, little snack tables and things like that. So, it's it's funny when we're kids we're so in the present that i don't think we we think about um the thing as a whole so for me it was like day to day and and uh and then yeah as i was kind of alluding to later a few months into it i started to get homesick and stuff and just kind of miss being a normal kid again but um i was uh i was having so much fun and and it was great and and uh and actually it was kind of cool because disney ended up uh, flying a friend of mine and his dad out to come and visit me for a couple weeks because oh, awesome. it's been so long so that I could have some, you know, some playtime and friends and stuff because I was pretty much the only kid on set. Yeah. So it was, there was a few others around, but it was, that was really nice and, and really made a huge difference. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and, th and then when the film was obviously finished and you got to sit there with your family and watch it for the first time with all the CGI added and all this new technology at the time, you know, what was it like looking at back and seeing Scuzz Bucket and the, the, the spacecraft and everything in its glory and it actually all coming together? Well, I, I mean, the whole, like the premieres and stuff, we did one premiere in LA and one in New York and, and they were, I mean it was pretty much a whirlwind for, for me because uh, there was lots of autograph signing and lots of crowd and, and, you know, and hype. So I remember, I actually don't like, I remember watching the movie more later in my later years after I don't, I don't, I don't even think I remember the very first time that I saw it in a, in a theater, you know, at the premiere, because everything was just so, uh, exciting and 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 new and stuff, but um, but I do remember later watching it with my friends and just being I. It was almost like I wasn't watching myself. I was just watching a movie because the the you know the CGI and stuff was so great. The the storyline, the heart of it, and everything like it was so much. Uh, it was it was a great film, and <laughs> I mean, if I do say so myself, like it was, and and even today when i watched it a little while back with some kids from a young acting class and and uh so they watched the movie and then we chatted after about being a child actor and stuff which was really amazing and and they i just sat there and watched it and and was just uh drawn into this this world of of david and his adventure and max and the creatures and and everything so it was uh I I think I was yeah again really lucky to be part of such a such a cool film because you know, great memories. And what do you think about all the rumors that fly around? I heard I think it was Neil Blomkamp or someone was mentioned as being the director of a remake. Do you think it would work now as a remake where every other film that Hollywood can get their hands on they try and do a new take on it? Do you think it would be right to do that, or do you think like the Goonies and some of the classics they should just be left alone? Well, yeah, I, um, let's see, I, I was approached some years back, actually, it was at that time, it was Brad Copeland from Arrested Development, he yeah. was going to maybe be, be doing it, and, and uh, he contacted me, and maybe to have me do a cameo is like, 
you know, a town sheriff and stuff. And <laughs> gave me a, a little bit of a premise of the outline of the of the movie, and it sounded a lot different. It was like definitely going to be a reboot. Um, right. I think that it's. And as far as I remember, and I remember reading a, a lot of stuff when they were talking about these reboots, was that there was a lot of fan um, response saying, you know, no, just leave it. Don't don't ruin yeah. our favorite movie kind of thing. And, and the fact that you had mentioned, and I've had other people say that even today they can show it to their kids and it still holds up. Yeah. Um, as far as storyline and, and the, you know, and the graphics and stuff. And even though they're puppets, it's like, you just, you get drawn into this world and it, and it, and it's a great movie. So I, uh, you know, I had a cool, like, I always thought it would be cool to do something like a sequel where I, David had grown up um, and, uh, and now had a, had a kid and, and somehow, the kid ended up going on an adventure in, in the spaceship. Maybe Max comes back or we, we had a couple of ideas actually. And um, me and the original writer, uh, Mark Baker, were shooting around some ideas because um, about timelines and what would work and, and things like that. And I think that that's something that could maybe work is more like a sequel as far as remaking Navigator. I just, I don't think that it would, it would, it would have to have as much heart as it did the first time. And, and uh, so, but I think it, I think it could be cool to do a, to do a sequel. I had a few pretty cool ideas for, for that and good messages and still have the heart and, and have the connection between a father and son or daughter who went on this adventure and, and, uh, and maybe David, you know, grows up and ends up marrying Carolyn McAdams from, uh, from NASA, you know, but right it, i think something like that could be really fun and uh and who but, knows well, as, we're, um, as we're sitting here right now we're just about to see um bill and ted free and it's been obviously many many years and it looks by the trailer that they've still got that magic that we had and i think because right. it looks like i think alex winter's character is going to have a daughter I, i'm not completely sure but i think it's going to be passed down the the kind of generation and i think that's what could work for flight of the navigator i can imagine you being there with your son and he's like what's this in the garage or something it's like oh you, it's just when i was a kid you know it's not important and then he you know with his mates does like a like a stranger thing sort of thing like gets involved and starts trying yeah. to yeah go on a mission and before Absolutely. You, you know i had a you know i had a, yeah my my thing it's like part of me i didn't want to you know like give it away but at the same time i love sharing the idea but it's that uh you know that that david he's figured out a way to harness the the information in his brain and all of the tech and and the the you know the de- whatever schematics of the spaceship and and seek and work for nasa and and all this stuff and secretly building a ship and when he finishes oh. building, right, he tries to he tries to activate it and get it to go on an adventure, but it just he's grown up now, and so the ship just stays as the mechanical kind of eye, and it won't it won't it won't be fun. It won't turn into the Pee Wee Herman voice and and be a kid again because he's grown up and he's too serious. But then his his son or daughter, I thought it would be cool to do a little girl, you know, fun the awesome, yeah. go on an adventure and have, uh, so she stumbles upon it and it does the brain zap on her and then comes to life, right? As this, and then they go on oh this adventure, right? We need to I make mean, this now. 
I know that I, I really think that would be super fun. And so, you know, I've, uh, I've, I, I mean, I'm just starting to get back into acting. I've done a few short films and I just, uh, and looking for an agent and things like that. So, um, and I really feel it's something that, uh, no matter how long it's been, it, it's always what's given me joy and, and love is, is just acting and film and stuff. So I'm like, Hey, it's never too late to live your dreams. And so, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, and I've met a lot of amazing filmmakers who got into film because of that movie and, and stuff and are now making films. And so there's an audience there. There's definitely people I know yeah. would love. And in my head, I'm like, Return of the Navigator or something like that. You know, like, yeah. oh, God, people yeah. just would be there. All the adults would be there with their kids. Kids would love it. And then all the adults and the mums and dads would have been like, I remember the original, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, I think it could, something like that could be really cool. So, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> And at the moment, um, I believe we're at the stage soon where we might get some news or an update on your documentary after The Navigator. Um, this yes. has been something well, you've been working on, is it, for a couple of years now? That's right, yeah. we've um, So it's Life After The Navigator, and, uh, and Lisa and Ash, they, you know, they did Life After Flash and then, and then contacted me. Um, and we've, we've been filming since early 2018, so... Wow. Um, off and on a few times and and it's been an amazing amazing experience i again have felt so grateful and and such a gift that that these amazing filmmakers wanted to do something with me i mean um and uh and it's been a real um i think catalyst to me being able to to follow like to really change my life after all of my hardships and the troubles and things like that and going to jail and, and all that stuff and everything and so being able to tell my side of the story and show um show those things as well as celebrating the film and why people love it why people still love it uh i think it's going to be really special and it looks like uh, November this year oh, we might, nice. might be releasing it we just found out so yeah I mean you can uh, you can follow you know the life after the navigator Facebook page there's always updates and stuff there yeah. and then of course um, where you connected with me on at the Joey Kramer yeah David Scott Freeman so I'm I post stuff there as well and uh, yeah it's pretty neat I mean because of the whole COVID thing, we're, we're a little challenged as far as screenings, like having actual live in, in person screenings, but we're trying to figure out how we can, how we can do that and, uh, and see, but um, yeah. In the next couple of months, we're going to start seeing some, maybe a trailer and some news about how we can see it. It might be like kind of video on demand or a, a streaming service or something. Most definitely. Yeah. If you, you know, if you follow those two pages or what, and just keep an eye out life after the navigator, it'll yeah. start, it'll start coming up. I mean, there is already a couple little teaser trailers, but I think it's going to get more and more, um, uh, yeah, m you know, more polished because a lot of, right. She's, she's getting graphics done and the, and the soundtrack, you know, the, and, and everything, uh, is coming together. So I'm, I'm really excited. I actually, uh, I think I get to preview 
a little uh, like the first the first draft, so to speak, uh, the first edit pretty soon. So I'm pretty excited about that, and uh, and really looking forward to seeing the way that it's come together. Because um, again, it was it was a labor of love, and it was very it was really eye opening. It was also very cathartic and very therapeutic for myself to be able to. Uh, talk about my life completely openly and freely and just and uh, and just kind of share myself because um, again through all of the ups and downs and and that I've been through I've found that um, being completely honest with myself and and people around me and just open about everything that I've been through is the best way to move through that and past it and and utilize those dark times as a positive i think yeah. that uh, and and everybody whether it's um you know addiction or 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 work or stress or what has something going on that they that they struggle with and and um so we can all kind of we can all relate to each other and, and overcoming those obstacles and and that's uh it makes a great story and it, and it, and it hopefully inspires people as well and that um, anyone from any walk of life or any challenge can can overcome and just and uh, and and get back to themselves or or just live their dreams, right? Because it's never never too late to to be who you might have been and and really cool. just enjoy it. Yeah. And it's really good to see you looking so healthy and you know so positive. I mean, I don't want to touch base on it much, but the last few years you've obviously been in the headlines for narcotics abuse and robbery and stuff like this but it, was it the counseling you think that really kind of put you back on the right road is that's what's had the biggest impact and people surround you have you made sure that you're surrounded by the family and the loved ones that you need as a support network instead of getting involved with the wrong people absolutely i uh yeah i i mean um i went through a really great uh, program a therapeutic community thing and I think one of the hugest catalysts for me and and motivations was um, I had a little girl and and uh, so I really wanted to be a, a better I wanted to be a, a father some you know and I wanted to be healthy and strong and all that stuff so that so that I could uh, could be there for her when the time was right and um, and then I just, uh, I was completely willing and, and open to, to lay myself right out. Like sometimes through all of the, the counseling and the and meetings and, and, and experiences with, uh, you know, other addicts or other criminals and things like that, like it's really, it can be hard to let go of those old ways of, of thinking and believing you get set in a, in a rut, in a path, in a, in a way of life. And, and it's scary to change. It's scary to be, do something different. And I just completely knew in my heart that I wanted more. And that, uh, so once I started, it was like no turning back. I just, um, I really committed and I still commit, you know, every day. And I, I do my kind of morning mantras and positive affirmations and I journal gratitude journals and, and things that, that uh, meditation and, and all that stuff and, and really just kind of take care of myself. And, and, and I've also been completely honest with my loved ones and my friends around me so that then there's that support there. Yeah. 
and how mentally do you keep yourself now in a place where you know you won't go back to the dark place do you just know that it's not just you now it's your daughter is that is that the kind of rock you've got in place the the biggest i mean she is definitely a huge part i've really i will i will take credit and admit that it's really my own spirit and heart that i love today and that i that i really embrace um uh the biggest part for me was was unearthing and letting go of the all of the 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 years of guilt and shame and and uh right regrets that that yeah. i had um so you know i mean and and it started it started young i mean again we don't need to go on about it but it was it and it's stuff that'll come out in the documentary but i um I had these, you know, unhealthy core beliefs kind of instilled in me from a young age after I got out of film. I, you know, I was bullied, I didn't fit in. And so um, I just tried to fit in. So all that stuff kind of carried to my later life. And so being willing for me to, to go through that and express those deepest, darkest fears and and regrets and shame and, and guilt and stuff like that and let it go. And, and forgive myself and forgive other people who've hurt me and, and ask for forgiveness or work through things with, with people I'd, I'd wronged and, and things. That was the hugest part for me. So, um, like for me, you know, most of my, my drug abuse went to just trying to numb the feelings and not feel anything because I hurt so bad inside. But once I had let that stuff go and I, I, I didn't have anything to, to mask or to cover up anymore. So I don't have those, those same cravings. I, I enjoy life today and I, and I just, I love it. So there's no reason to, uh, to, to go back to that. Right. That's, it's, that's, it's amazing yeah. to know that that feeling isn't there where you need to numb anything anymore. No, no. And I've, and I've done a lot of work and, and learned a lot of ways of coping and dealing that if something emotional comes up, I mean, I think of some of the, you know, what would I do in the worst case scenario, you know, when, okay, when my mom passes away or if something happened to my daughter or what, like, but I've learned that even in the, those darkest moments, it's how we respond to the experience um, that, that makes it either a positive or a negative experience in the long run, right? Yeah. Even some of the worst, darkest times that you can think of, if you can, you know, if I can respond to it in a positive way, if I can learn from it, if I can grow and uh, instead of, instead of getting angry or fearful or hating life because of this, you know, bad thing that's happened, then it, then it works out and it, uh, it turns it into a positive experience as, as painful and as traumatic or as hard as something, you know, life-changing and, and hard would, would be. So if that makes sense. <laughs> I hope there's a lot of people that are listening right now that can take something from this. And if they're unable to let go or, numb something they can be put on the right track to be able to do what you did because it's make or break it's sink or swim and so many people sink so many people aren't able to let go and it's so nice to see you and hear you and be here now knowing that you're one of the people that turned it around 
Thank you. And I, I really hope so. That's something that I, that I truly believe will, uh, will come of the documentary and also just even me being able to talk to you now openly and share. And I hope that if there's anybody listening that, that is going through anything, any sort of struggles that they um, realize as I did that underneath all of the, the heartache or the pain or the whatever, you know, challenges and whatever struggles that we have on top of everything underneath that we're, we're human and, and we are born out of love and joy and, and we've, uh, and we deserve to feel that it's, um, it takes some practice, like unlearning these, those negative thought patterns that can come yeah. into the head. Right. I, I know we can, uh, for me, I would wake up, Oh, it's, Oh, I'm such an idiot. Oh, I'm so, you know, and I would have this negative self-talk all the time. And that was, again, one of the hugest um, ch- turning points in my life was changing that self-talk. I would, I would take a dry erase marker and write wonderful things on the mirror so that I would see them and, and read them, even if, even if they felt awkward and stuff, I would, I would do that and, and, uh, and just really um, risk if you have, you know, if you're going through something and you have somebody that you love and that you trust, um, risk being open with them and telling them your your biggest fears or your darkest secrets and and so that you can get them out and i i guarantee i mean at least 99 percent of the time they will be open to to supporting and stuff like that and, and really um there were things i didn't want to tell my mom or share with her but once i did it it, it released all of the old pain that went along with it right we just it opened these doors and and it was amazing i'm sure it's a huge weight lifted that you've carried around with you for years where your neck feels sore your back isn't right you're never really yourself and now you can just let go and think well even though some of it isn't great to admit it's out there now and i'm not keeping it just to myself and it's it's a problem that has been shared and hopefully can now fade away Absolutely. Absolutely. When I, when we first released a little teaser trailer, there's a clip in there about me going to the, to the drugstore to get my methadone in the morning. And I had a few friends who are also in recovery and, and they, they were like, dude, you just, you just told the world that you used to, you know, that you go for methadone and, and that you're an addict. And I was like, well, yeah, but now, now I have nothing to hide. Now there's, <laughs> I was like, and also people can can um, then have the choice of whether they want to connect with me, knowing all this stuff. It's like, I am the person that I am today. I know I'm a good person. I know that I've done bad things and, and things I regret, but I can't, I can't change any of those things. All I can do is do better from today. And that's, that's the lesson and that's what I've learned. And, and so by me opening up like that, it's helped other people. And they've been like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, I'll and and again that's i think what what's so great about just being people and and you know human and stuff is sharing connection and and relating to people and then helping each other through stuff even if even at long distances or even if i've never met someone but we share a story or connect through uh you know facebook or through a podcast or uh, or an interview or anything would just is is amazing you can affect people's lives because I know I've watched interviews of some of my favorite actors or musicians and and they've said things that have struck home with me and have helped me overcome and, and uh, be a better person and stuff so 
as, I, as I'm sitting here now, I'm just thinking to myself with the people listening, and I, I normally ask at the end of every interview, if it doesn't matter if it's an actor, director, musician, I always ask the same question. What advice do you give to people that want to get into acting or want to be a producer? But I think the best advice you've already given today, and that's how to overcome the darkness and try and put to bed stuff that you may have carried with you for years. And I'm hoping this documentary gets to be on a platform that can reach as many people as possible because I've not seen it, but I can just sense that it's going to be something that will affect a lot of people and a lot of people can relate to. And if anyone can take anything from it, I hope a lot more people are more open to discussing and not always keeping to themselves the issues they've carried around with them because that can just be only damaging to the, to the human. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And, and even, uh, you know, when I get when I get on here and I'm chatting with you, it's it's still a little scary and, and nervous to to admit things and talk about my past and stuff that's happened. But again, right when when I do it, then you, you're like, wow, you receive it, and you're like, hey, that's really inspiring. And so every time I share it, and someone responds in a positive way, and and uh, it just reaffirms that that's the right thing to do. And and uh, you know, every once in a while, there's still negative uh you know social media or whatever but as far as it's pretty much 99 percent positive and one percent yeah 1% negative right there's and, always uh, going to be trolls there's always going to be yeah. dickheads and they're never going to go away but do you know what they don't matter yeah and then i will answer quickly as far as if anyone you know it with anything whether you want to become an actor a producer a director a musician whether you want to uh be any any occupation or anything that you want to do what i've found after all these years is you have to do you do it for love you do what you love and then the money comes right like you do what you everything everybody i believe is born with um like a raw like a talent or something that they're meant to do it's it's the challenge is is risking and being being vulnerable enough to follow your heart and to go for it yeah. um though i've found that uh that since i've started on this path of of refining refinding myself and redefining myself as as a, as an actor or instead of as a criminal or an addict it's it's like i've gotten so much support and and things have just have increasingly snowballed in, in a positive way. And so that's what I would encourage anyone to do is, is uh, step by step, day by day, and just believe, believe in yourself because you can totally do it. You can. I know you've had a, a life of many highs and many lows, but sitting here today right now and kind of analyzing everything and thinking about your future, I think you've got a, a big upwards coming your way again. I think the documentary is going to be fantastic for people out there for you to see the response and the impact it has on people. And I, I'm, I'm really wishing you all the luck with it. I really hope it gets to be seen by thousands because it's something that can hopefully change a lot of people's lives. Thank you. Thank you. I believe so too. I really, I, I, I mean, as cheesy as it sounds, I feel like all of this has happened for a reason. And, and uh, you know, Lisa connecting me with me and writing to me in jail and, and us starting the idea for this documentary and then, and, uh, and then, and then making it happen. I, I really, I really look forward to seeing what, seeing what happens. Cause, uh, and I, I, I believe that too. I think that, um, yeah, I see, 
I see great things for myself in the future. And it's great because one of my main goals um, for my own success is so that then I can continue to share my story and continue to give back uh, and um, to, to anyone who, who needs it. Cause I've had a lot of support and care and love in, in my journey. And uh, so I think that, um, I mean, it's, it's great by having, utilizing a you know a public persona in a way that can affect people in an authentic way and being being real and sharing that is can be really changing and you can reach a, a lot of people and i think that's super important and who knows this could be the podcast that people go back to when they first announce that they're going to do the sequel to flight of the navigator all right let's make it happen for sure <laughs> that would be awesome I um I really appreciate your time today. It's been easily my favorite episode I've done. I'm nearly up to 100 episodes and I'm sitting here beaming. I can't wait to edit it. I can't wait to put it out there. It's an absolute pleasure to speak to you and I didn't want to make it too much of a focus on the the last few years and it just naturally came into conversation, but I'm yeah. I think it's really important that it's come out and it's it's talked about right and I I think this is a big episode for me and I I'm really really grateful for your time. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Really. I'm, I'm really glad too. And, and uh, yeah, it is, it is important. And it's so neat that it, that the conversation just happens organically and, and goes where it needs to go. Right. And, uh, and that's, what's important. So, you know, so there it is. There's my interview with me and Jerry Kramer. And as I said at the start of today's interview, and I did build it up quite a lot, the words I used was it's my favorite ever interview. And I still stick to that. When I edited it, I sat there with the world's biggest smile. I got emotional, and I mean it, there was a tear shed because the guy's gone through hell of a lot. To see him come out so positive on the other side is amazing. Where so many have failed and so many have not bounced back, Joey has. And I think it's absolutely awesome to see how he's turned his life around. I have nothing but respect for this guy. And I can't wait to see the success of the documentary that's coming out. For him to let his guard down and be so honest with me, I have so much respect for him. The interview was absolutely awesome to conduct from start to finish. And I can only thank you again and again, Joey, for being so open, so honest and just so amazing as a guest. I hope you guys out there have enjoyed it as much as me. It's took 95 episodes for me to get an interview that I'm really, really proud of and really happy. I really, really wish this guy the best. And again, thank you to all the people that have listened to this episode and this interview. If you've had issues or you've got problems, speak up. Never keep this sort of stuff to yourself. And I know this is getting quite heavy for an episode from Mark and me, which is never normally that serious. But this is an issue where we've seen someone turn their whole life around. So it can be done and reach out to those people that are close by or family or loved ones if you're going through anything like this. In true typical Mark and Me fashion, I do want to tell you about my website. So I've got markandme.com. On there, there's my Twitter, my Facebook, my Instagram. And anyone that sends any comments or feedback about this episode with Joey, I will personally send them on to him. He will read every single bit of response that you send and I know it will mean the absolute will for him to read these sort of reviews from you guys out there that have took the time to listen to this podcast so please jump on markandme.com email me dm me whatever way you want to do and I'll pass these back on to Joey 
Also out there, guys, I've got a Patreon page. This podcast is a one-man team. I edit, I do the interviews, I produce, I record, I conduct the interviews, I run all my social media, I don't get paid for it, and all the money that comes in through Patreon goes back into it. It supports the podcast and allows me to do more and more interviews across the country to get these things edited, published and hosted on certain sites so you guys can have as many episodes as I can do. So please, any support can go a long way. You can go on there and sign up for as little as a pound. I make sure I reward everyone with prizes. And the prizes that I have this month coming up is my biggest month yet. And there's prizes there that money can't buy. I'm not going to reveal too much because they go in conjunction with the guests that I've coming up on the podcast. So I don't want to spoil anything. But this month is going to be very busy for Mark and me. And the amount of episodes I've got in the bag ready to edit and release is getting out of hand. So there's going to be loads of stuff coming your way in the very near future. Thank you again to everyone that's listened to this podcast today. And I really hope you've enjoyed it as much as me. Stay safe and I'll be back soon. There's only one thing left to say. See you later, Navigator. Sands of